Chapter 56. Sticks held together in a bundle are unbreakable. Isaiah. The dogs on the other side of the door are the first to run away. Terrified by the overwhelming swarm of mice, they yelp and take off running. I also hear Tom, the security guard, shriek in fear. From the disappearing sound of his cries, I gather he's running away too. There's a dull bang and the steel door budges forward at the base. Again, I hear Gabriel cry. Another rush of troops, another bulge. Someone has to twist the doorknob, I realize out loud. Toss me up there, Keziah. She grabs me under my arms and heaves me skyward like a shot put. I land on the knob, wrap my whole body around it, and gave it a good twist to the right. But nothing happens. I'm not heavy enough to make the knob turn. As quick as lightning, my clever brothers and sisters spot the problem and come to my rescue. As they did before, Abe and Winnie leap up and grab onto my legs, giving me the weight I need to twist the knob downward. The army outside slams into the base of the door one more time. I hang on for dear life as it nearly flies off its hinges, bursting open. Five thousand mice pour into the room and quickly surround the four bad men, who are frozen in shock and fear. After all they've done to us mice, they have, they have reason to be afraid. There are so many brown, white, and gray mice flooding the floor, the brightly colored members of my mischief disappear completely. I notice the smirk is completely wiped off Dr. Ledbetter's face as he recoils in terror from the sea of mice of his, at his feet. Then above the squeaks of 5,000 mice, there's a new voice. You see, S shouts someone outside, no mice. They were lying to you, officers. Well, hidey ho. Guess who just appeared at the door with a whole squadron of humans wearing dark blue uniforms? Haley. She spots me in the crowd. I called 911, she says, waggling her cell phone. I touch my paw to my heart. Since I don't have a keyboard handy, it's the only way I know to say thank you. Well, 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 says Dr. Ledbetter, says a woman wearing a blue windbreaker with ASPCA stenciled across the back in bright yellow letters. You told us you didn't use any mice in your lab work. Well, we don't, sputters Dr. Ledbetter. Then what do you call this? As a gruff, squat man. His jacket has the letters PD on the back. I don't know what ASPCA and PD mean, but I'm very glad they're here. This, said Dr. Ledbetter, pointing at the floor, filled with thousands of squeaking, squirming, nibbling mice, is what I call a very serious vermin infestation. My janitorial staff was just about to call the exterminators. That's right, said Mr. Brophy, I was. Fine, says the man with the PD stenciled on his back. That can be your one phone call from jail. While the humans argue and shout at one another, I decide it's time my two families escape from the horrible place once and for all. I turn to Haley, give her a jaunty salute. She salutes right back. See you at home, she says. Mom bought another crumb cake. I wiggle my eyebrows the way my brother Rodolfo taught me. And then I send out an ultrasonic signal that makes my heart swell with happiness. Follow me, everybody. 5,097 mice race out the back door, tear across the loading dock, jump off the edge, and follow my secret sewer pipe escape route all the way to freedom. Chapter 57. A true friend is the one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. Isaiah. That night, in the backyard of Haley's house, I introduce her to my brothers and sisters. This is my brother and very best friend, Abe. I type on her laptop, which she has propped open on a picnic table. Haley is smiling, admiring Abe. He's so red, so cool and different. Yes, I type. That's the only thing we all have in common. We're all different. 
Mice, of course, are very social creatures. My brothers and sisters have already met all of Michaela's family, and the elders quickly declared us one big happy mischief. It might take a little while for my siblings to get used to their new lives and the unfamiliar burrow, but I know that they're happy and grateful to be rescued. They'll do everything they can to pull their own weight in our wonderful new mischief. And with our unique talents, there's a lot we can do to help. As they settled in, sorry, after they settled in, my family wanted to meet Haley, the nice human being who helped them escape. She wanted to meet them too. You're all so amazing, Haley says, after the gymnasts in the family give her a quick display of their acrobatic skills. I wish more people would realize how incredible you are. I shake my head and type. I've met many humans, and they're all the same. Except you, of course. We just have to introduce you in a way that's not going to scare them, Haley says. Finding a mouse in your crumb cake can be a little surprising, you know. I nod, smiling. She suddenly waves her hand excitedly, startling some of my family. I have this great idea. No, it's better than great. It's spectacular. Apparently, the church she attends is having an animal blessing on Sunday. Everybody in the parish brings their pets, and the priest blesses them. It's a big celebration. You guys definitely need to be there. Do you mean all of us? I type. Okay, you're right. Hundreds of mice scurrying around the church pews might freak people out. So how about you, Michaela, Gabriel, Abe, and Winnie? Do we have to dress up, I ask? Because after it all, it is church. Haley grins. Maybe just a little. Chapter 58. Our lives may be different, but they're also the same. Sunday comes, and I absolutely loathe the outfit Haley has chosen for me. Loathe, by the way, is a polite way of saying I hate it. But I would never tell Haley that. I am quite fond of my first human friend. We hide in Haley's backpack and ride with her and her parents to church. I have never been inside a church before, but it is wonderful. When Haley takes a seat in a pew, I peek out from under the backpack flap to study the crowd. The church looks like a miniature version of Noah's Ark, one of my favorite biblical stories because of all the animals in it, including a pair of mice. The churchgoers have brought all manner of pets to the special service. I see dogs in all shapes and sizes, cats safely locked away in all carriers. Thank you very much. Hamsters, guinea pigs, rabbits, goldfinch, parakeets. I even see a donkey and a man standing behind it with a shovel. Haley leans over and whispers to me, I guess you guys want to go meet the other animals, huh? She says. I give her a look that says, can we? She says, sure, go on. You're an animal. This is your big day. I spy a hamster two rows down who reminds me of a distant cousin twice removed. I climb out of the backpack. Michaela, Gabriel, Abe, and Winnie climb out right behind me. This is so nice, says Michaela. All these people love animals. I guess all humans aren't like the creeps you met in a lab, adds Abe. The five of us scamper down the carpeted center aisle, big smiles plastered to our snouts, and boom! Just like always, it happens. Eek! Mice! Eek! The shrieking, the jumping up on the seats, the usual. Here is a church filled with animal lovers who supposedly want to bless and celebrate animals. And now they're going bonkers over five little mice? Sure, three of us are kind of strangely colored, but still. It once again proves my theory that no matter how hard we try, no matter what amazing feats we perform, mice will always be outcasts in this world. I bet even Noah wasn't happy to see the two of us walking up the gangplank to his ark. Humans hate us. Always have. Always will. Chapter 59. All cats are gray in the dark. Isaiah. Haley rushes down the center aisle, scoops, scoops us up one by one, and tucks us into her backpack. 
Then, believe it or not, she walks right up to the raised podium where the human in robes was just about to speak. Excuse me, Father Ed, but I need to say something to the congregation, something important. Before Father Ed gives her permission, Haley grabs hold of the microphone. Good morning, everybody. Before Father Ed blesses our animals, I want to say something about the smallest creatures among us. The ones we'll sing about later in one of my favorite hymns, All Things Bright and Beautiful. It was written way back in 1848, so maybe we've sung it so many times we don't really hear what the words are telling us anymore. Allow me to refresh your memory. She flips through a book filled with musical notes and starts reading. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. The crowd is silent. Even the parakeet has quit asking for a cracker. Haley keeps going. Believe it or not, I've spent some time recently with some extremely great creatures who just happen to be extremely small. She puts her hand to her shoulder and I climb on. This little guy is Isaiah. I've seen him do some incredible things, mostly to help his brothers and sisters. He is wise and wonderful. She puts me down on the podium so she can give Michaela a ride down from her backpack. And this brave little lady is Michaela. She wasn't afraid to hang out with a strange-looking little blue dude like Isaiah, even though all her friends are brown, gray, or white. Why is Michaela so kind and understanding toward others who look different? The priest, Father Ed, answers Haley's question. She's wonderful, too. Haley nods. I'm different also, if you haven't noticed. Guess what? We all are. As my wise and wonderful friends, Isaiah, here once told me, we're all different. It's the only thing we have in common. The priest clears his throat. He, uh, told you? Oh, yes, Haley said. Isaiah can do all sorts of incredible things. Speak, type, unlock doors. Amid loud, startled whispering among the congregation, Haley grabs the microphone and tilts it down so it's about an inch away from my whiskers. Come on, Isaiah. Let's show everybody how special you are. I'm about to scream kibble when Haley prompts me. Sing that song you told me about, the one Michaela sang to you that night in my hoodie. I look to Michaela. Go ahead, she says. I'll help you out. But they won't be able to hear you. They barely hear me. It doesn't matter. I'll be singing for you, Isaiah. Just follow my lead. And this time, don't yell. Sing. I face the microphone. Clear my throat. Ahem. The crowd gasps. None of them has ever heard a mouse clear his throat before. Michaela and I skip over the verse about mice meandering in the moonlight and jump right into the refrain. You may tower like a giant, you may be weak and you may be small. Our differences make no difference. The same moon shines on us all. Some of the humans in the pews are starting to weep. I look at Michaela. Her voice is so beautiful. I wish it weren't ultrasonic. Then everyone in the church could know what heaven sounds like. Well, says Father Ed when I'm done. Thank you, Haley. I was going to give a sermon this morning about tolerance and loving all of God's creatures, no matter how different they may seem. But your talk was much better than anything I could have said. The service continues. My friends and I get blessed. The donkey doesn't embarrass himself when it's his turn. All in all, it's a fantastic Sunday morning. On the way out of church, a sweet-looking old lady leans into Haley and whispers, Have fun with your singing mouse friends. But remember, they carry all sorts of germs, dear. Haley smiles and gives the nice lady one of my all-time favorite replies. Maybe, but so do we. Because when all is said and done, none of us is very different from any of us. Epilogue. After church, Abe says, you know, Isaiah, Haley's sermon got me thinking. If we're all God's creatures, great and small, then all of us animals are sort of one big family, don't you think? I suppose. 
Not that I'd want to share Thanksgiving dinner with a tiger. I'd probably be his dinner. Why do you ask? His whiskers start twitching like they do when he doesn't want to tell you something. What is it, Abe? I ask. Well, uh, when you escaped and I was still in the horrible place, I heard some of the long coats talking. And? There's another lamina lab not too far from here, Isaiah, a place where they do stuff even worse than what they did to us. I start to feel that powerful surge of injustice and indignation. More animals living in pain and terror? I want to help. I have to. Maybe this is what my special abilities are really for, to rescue those in need. You mean there are other mice in danger? Another mischief we should go rescue? Let's do it, I say. A few weeks ago, I was the biggest coward of my mischief, but I've learned a lot about overcoming my fears since then, especially if others' lives are at stake. Abe shakes his head. Not mice, but other animals. Like you said, we're all family, so they deserve to be rescued too, right? I nod firmly. Of course. No creature should be subjected to that kind of horrible life. I give you my word that we'll help them. What are they? Bunnies? Guinea pigs? Hamsters? He looks around to make sure nobody else hears what he's about to say. No, Isaiah. Not hamsters. Cats. Yipes. What did I just get myself into? I wish I could laugh and tell Abe that he's crazy, that we'd be risking our lives for cats who will gobble us up the second they're free, that they're evil creatures who would never do the same for us, that we're not going to save them, but... I gave my word that I would help all creatures in need, great and small. And as you know, the word of a mouse can never be broken. The End